0: Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2022. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them, and...
1: Brianna, 25, she, her.
0: Brianna, 25. Should we say the 25 every time that we say your name?
1: No, absolutely not. You can call (laughs) me Bri or Brianna, whichever you prefer.
0: Okay, you're not like the 25th in some experimental super soldier project, and, you know, you need to distinguish yourself from your siblings.
1: Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, I just, once upon a time, was 25 years old. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? We all
2: were once, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for
0: coming on. Um, I'm glad you could make it.
1: I say thank you for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, well, uh, and I'm just really happy that you're bringing another phantom to the table that, like, was not on our radar because, I mean, we'll get to it in a moment, but I did not know that this TV show existed until I think I started checking in with you about it.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: it's a little weird. It's from 2000, right? Dark Angel? Yes. I yes. was 13. I, I think maybe I just didn't have any good channels back then.
2: It was on Sci-Fi, right? Or no, Fox.
1: That's right. It was on Fox. It was on. I Fox.
2: remember the commercials. I just didn't appeal to me because all they did was like, look at sexy Jessica Alba in a cat suit. I didn't even know it was a sci-fi show, but I was only eleven, so.
1: <laughs> right. Um. It. It, uh, it was two thousand to two thousand one. I think uh, Freak Nation. The, the season two premiere was in May of uh, twenty or May of two thousand two. Um. They canceled it for Firefly, after wow. first renewing it. So, it, you know, the, the season three was a go. It was guaranteed. And then they yanked that back and canceled it for Firefly.
0: So that was like the please cancel me time slot, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yes, because then they turned around and canceled Firefly before even half of a season was done. So a little anger inducing because we were left on a cliffhanger um, that will never be resolved.
0: You know this. Yeah. This doesn't have to do with yeah. the content of the fanfic, but was there ever any follow up, like novels or like you know comics? A lot of shows, like the creators, find some way to get back into that universe.
1: Yes, uh, there were three. They were written by Max Allen Collins. Mac, um, yes, Max Allen Collins, um, and they're actually in the bookcase behind me. Um, I read them when I was on. I was active on Live Journal, and I posted a review because, like, he got eyes only's eye color wrong and he got Alex's eye color wrong and all this. And I posted a review for my friends and he showed up
0: like physically at your door.
1: Uh, No, like uh, (laughs) virtually (laughs) on my live journal um, showed up on my review and just started ripping into me. He's one of those writers. He's one of those writers that views fan fiction writers as like subhuman. Um, and in the, in the end, I was like, dude, you know, the character's name is eyes only. It's kind of important to get his eye color right. And Michael Weatherly's eyes are green, not blue. And he was like, okay, I'll give you that. Wow.
2: Oh my gosh. That's so funny because like, I mean, essentially what I know he's writing it, not fan fiction because part of our definition here is not sanctioned. If it's sanctioned by the company or the company licensed show that's not fan fiction but still you're writing a novel based on a tv show like and you're going like oh yeah fan fiction that's not as whatever man i was actually gonna ask if the books are any good because after i finished the um the show just a couple weeks ago i was like oh man i need more of this
1: um skin game is the follow-up to the show and it's it's got its issues um but the next two are actually really really good Hmm. And and they you know end the series in a in a good place. I think he he is a good writer. I I didn't want to take that away from him at all. He just messed up some facts that he shouldn't have.
0: Well, Brie, you mentioned being a fanfic writer yourself, and it seems like you do a couple of fandom related things on the internet these days. Could you tell us a little bit about kind of what you're up to?
1: Um, what I'm up to right now is Cobra Kai. Um, <laughs> Number one show in the world, <laughs> I think, still. Um, I know it's it, it slipped to number nine, but if you put all the rankings up together, it's, it's still you know reigning supreme for 2022. Uh, starring the original stars of The Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, Marty Cove, uh, uh, Thomasine Griffith ha- has come back now. Um, and I'm on a podcast for it called Cobra Kai Companion. We have a YouTube channel. We do videos. I, I've got tons of videos already recorded that I need to get posted so they get released. We're you know, working our YouTube channel, trying to get subscription numbers up a little bit. Um, and I do write fan fiction. Um, uh, my fandoms that I have written in and like published officially online are The A-Team, the original series, not the movie. Because I hated the movie because I don't think Bradley Cooper is pretty. And then ER, Stargate, um, SG One, then Dark Angel, Supernatural, and um, Cobra Kai.
0: That's interesting. We had Chaos Blue on to talk about an A Team fanfic, and we had we had a guest also for. um, I'm just blanking for for Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um ER I it never really occurred to me as like to look into the fandom scene for that but I guess that makes a lot of sense.
1: Mhm. I used to run um when Yahoo groups was still a thing. Um I used to be the admin of the ER fanfic um web server on on Yahoo groups. And we had a website there were hundreds and hundreds of fanfics on it. And one of the things that I got really really good at writing an ER is describing medical scenes, like hospital scenes and things like that. So I took that forward with me. So anytime I've had a hospital scene and a fanfic since then, it's all based on what I learned in ER and how to research it to make sure that everything's accurate. Oh, cool.
2: Nice. Well, you're probably the person to ask for an ER fanfic recommend then, but we can do that later.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, talking about things that you moved into afterwards, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Dark Angel and like, um, I guess what, what you did with the fandom scene there?
1: Um, Dark Angel, I kind of fell into backwards and it was, um, a little later. It was like 2011, 2012. The show was already off the air and, oh, NCIS. I've also written, uh, several NCIS fics and that's actually how I got into Dark Angel. Because before we found out that um, Michael Weatherly is a um, steaming pile of crap, I had a crush on him. So I went from NCIS to Dark Angel, and I was this huge Logan fan, huge Logan fan. And then get to season two, and there's Alec, and I had loved the character of Ben in season one. And that, of course, Jensen Ackles led me into. Ancient days of our lives and um, into Supernatural and into Smallville when it was taking that really weird turn. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't write for either of those, but Supernatural did suck me in. So, uh, Dark Angel was kind of a transition fandom for me between NCIS and Supernatural.
0: All right, cool. And when I was lo- kind of looking around for a well regarded Dark Angel fic to read with you, um... And stumbled upon this one. What we read for today is called "All the King's Horses and All the King's Men" by I assume you say Elise A L Y S E. Um, I think you mentioned that you might have read this one back in the day, right? Yes, Uh, I had. (laughs) I think this was what 2007. It says this Mm -hmm. originally came out on Live Journal, which would have been the scene back in that period.
1: Yes. Yeah, we we had um, we definitely had um, our what would you say, heyday, I guess, Mm -hmm. on LiveJournal. There was a a small fandom Big Bang in 2011. And one of the small fandoms that was included in that Big Bang was um, Dark Angel. And that's where my fic, uh, Pound of Flesh, actually was released, was for that. And then the next year, I started the Dark Angel Big Bang. And I ran it for two years before I handed it off.
0: I think this is the first time we've run into the concept of a Big Bang. Could you like to explain what that is to us?
1: Oh, a Big Bang is a, it, it's, they call it like a fanfic festival kind of thing, but it's really all creatives because the writers, you know, there's there's the writer side and they write their stories. And once the stories are written and in the editing phase, you turn your um, story into the person running the Big Bang and then they look through the artists that signed up. And they figure out which style of art will go with which story. And then they pair them up. Um, so uh, for mine, for the, the pound of flesh, I got some of the most incredibly beautiful and creepy because my story is a little creepy images that, you know, I had ever seen. They were beautiful. Um, and then for the second one, which I wrote and then my computer crashed and I lost it. So it's been sitting half rewritten on my computer since 2012 probably should finish it and the you know 150,000 word epic um dark angel supernatural crossover that's half written too um but yeah we just got we got art i got cover images and it's it's amazing you know, it, um, I've also been in Big Bangs on the artist side, where I was the one making the icons and the covers and even some music videos that I made to go along with certain stories and, and things like that. And it's really fun. And it's just this huge creative co- you know, collaboration.
0: That's really cool. And is that is that kind of thing still going on for, you know, fandoms that are particularly active right now? I don't I don't think I've heard of it before.
1: Um, Supernatural, as far as I know, is still doing one. I think they're doing one this. I mean, the, the signups would be coming up here in February, because the release schedule usually runs from June until August. Um, they have so many people sign up. The, the one Supernatural Big Bang that I wrote for, um, I think they ended up with something like 150 stories or something. It was incredible. It was huge. Dark Angel one wasn't nearly that big. I think we did like 10. Um, but as, as far as I know, like the, the fandom that I am active in, probably the only one I'm active in anymore, other than dropping little comments here and there, um, is, is uh, Cobra Kai. And since the majority of Cobra Kai's fandom is on Facebook or Twitter, um, it's really hard to get everyone kind of in one place to do a Big Bang. But I want to talk with Sarah with fanfic, um, uh, with, uh, gosh dang it, talking fanfic. Um, with Sarah and with chaos blue and see if we could get a big bang going for, for a Cobra Kai. I think it would be something pretty special.
2: That sounds like it would be super fun. Honestly, we've had them both on as guests and they're great. When we just talked to them (laughs) last weekend.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sarah is one of my favorite people in the world. I just adore her and, um, and chaos blue. I, I admire tremendously. Yeah.
0: Well, before we get into the story itself, um, I guess Tori and I, we should probably touch on our background with Dark Angel, but I think I mentioned I don't have any background with Dark Angel. I only just found out about it at all. But you said you managed to watch the whole thing before uh, recording this episode, right?
2: I did, um, but uh, I think I said this already. I didn't really remember much about the show. Like As soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, I remember the commercials for this. But I don't think I ever watched it, which is weird, because I was 11 years old when it came out. I loved sci-fi. I I would watch primetime TV with my folks all the time. Like, how did I miss this show? Anyway, yeah, just in the time between reading the fanfic and this podcast, I've been able to watch the whole thing and then reread the fanfic. So I feel primed. (laughs) All right. There you go. Well, then I guess
0: let's jump into it. Like I mentioned, the title of the story is All the King's Horses and All the King's Men, originally posted on Live Journal, And um, the author says it was written for Feline Feral for the Summer Jampony Fick Fickathon. So it was part of an event as well. Yes. And the prompt that the author used was Alec having seizures and Logan helping him through it. Um, which I, I think they... Like the, this, the story is very, very much centered around that, and it's mm-hmm. well executed. I think version of that prompt, and they mention they quote lyrics from the song's downfall and unwell by Matchbox Twenty. It's not clear to me in those notes whether that was somehow part of the prompt or somehow part of the ficathon setup, or whether that's just them giving credit to their their lyrics that they're drawing on. Um, um,
1: yeah, I, I read it as it's it's not really a a, a music fic. Um, which, you know, a lot of people do, um, but because the quotes are so small and so unobtrusive, I don't think it really counts, but I do think that's Elise saying this is, you know, these are these are these lyrics that I used, and um, because I, I did that with one of my Supernatural ones, I quoted um, lines from Evita all through the one that I wrote, so I wanted everyone to know where it was coming from.
2: Yeah, like I was curious about that because yeah, it definitely doesn't read like a song fic. In fact, I'd forgotten. I like I used to. uh I probably around when I was eleven really like Matchbox Twenty, so I remember this song unwell. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. Like I was like thinking about the music video, but then you'd forget about it for long periods of time, and a lyric would come back at you, and I i feel like it sort of came out of nowhere. Like the song would be back in my head again. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. It just, like, it was odd because, yeah, it kind of felt like out of left field sometimes.
0: Was it prominent enough to be in your head the whole time? Yeah,
2: I hear you. Yeah, well, it, maybe the problem is that the song is so catchy, and I, re- I used to, like, love that <laughs> song that I'd get it stuck in my head and then I'd forget about it and then, oh no, it's back. And that's just like a weird feeling. So maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I can, I can see where that comes from because, you know, it, it's supposed to be setting the mood and setting the tone and things like that, um, which it works on a certain extent. Once you get further into the fic, I think it's actually distracting. So I agree with you on that.
0: Well, let's start at the beginning. Brianna, do you mind setting us up by describing what the, the premise is at the start of the story? It, apparently it's post season two.
1: Yeah, um, because he talks about having to leave Terminal City, um, which is something that, you know, never got addressed on the show, like I said, because we stopped on a cliffhanger. Um, Original Cindy, Sketchy and Logan are all trapped in Terminal City with the uh, transgenics. And um, the reason that the transgenics can live there and build a society in Terminal City is because it is unfit for human habitation. It's contaminated. So it starts out with him talking about, you know, having to leave Terminal City and missing Max. And um, yeah, it definitely season two, uh, post season two. And he has moved into Joshua's father's house, into Sandeman's house, um, because Joshua has stayed in Terminal City.
0: And he here is Logan.
1: Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah, Logan. Uh Alec is the tra- is is a transgenic, so he as far as Alec, as far as um Logan knows, he is living in Terminal City. He's not aware of him being out and about. Um and he's still it it's it's kind of odd because it starts out the story making it look like Logan still believes that Max and Alec are an item, mm-hmm. but Freak Nation ended with Max and Logan holding hands.
2: I was super confused about that because like I remember yeah there's this whole thing where Max you know there's for you probably don't know a motto there's a, a disease that um you know Max has inside her that can that can only kill Logan um so they can't touch basically they can kind of be in the same room together in fact they almost like breathe on each other's faces a couple times, but apparently they, they just can't touch skin. It's it's whatever. But this whole thing with Alec was like um, Max sort of like trying to soften the blow of leaving Logan by like pretending she was with Alec because he misconstrued it in the first place. But I swear they cleared that up. Mm-hmm. And yet it's like sort of a big thing in this fic that Logan thinks that Alec and Max are together. So.
1: nah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Freak Nation, the the season two finale ended with Max and Logan standing on the roof watching Joshua raise the flag, and Logan has uh, le- black leather gloves on, and so does Max, so they can hold hands. And that's what they're doing. They're holding hands. And the siege at Jampony um, made it very clear that they were not an item, because when Alec got shot, Max didn't even care. Yeah. So, you know she was like, yeah, bullets will do that to you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Obviously not a girlfriend-boyfriend situation.
0: Yeah, that's very strange. I certainly assumed that coming out of this it had been, like, I I just assumed that Max and um, and, excuse me, Max and Alec had been established canon couple coming out of the end of the show, but I guess not. No. But in any case, this is going to be Relevant here right now, because um, basically a figure stumbles up to Logan's house. Is this a house situation? It's
1: Yeah, like he's, not, he's not in his luxury high-rise apartment anymore because Ames White, the NSA, and Conclave, the secret cult um, representative, found the high-rise and uh, trashed it.
0: Right, that, that's what I thought in terms of setting here. So like a a figure stumbles up to his house. He doesn't know who it is. He has to go in very carefully because he's learned all these survival strategies and you know a little bit picked up a little bit about how to move stealthily. He's got a weapon. He goes to investigate, and first he thinks maybe it's Max, but it's too big, and it turns out to be Alec, who is like barely conscious and in a rough state, or I guess not conscious at this point.
1: Um, yeah, semi-conscious. I think he's because he's in the he's in the throes of a seizure. And this is something that is uh, explored a lot in fanfic because we've seen Max have seizures um, because of her DNA and, you know, low serotonin levels and needing tryptophan. But we never saw Alec have one. So.
2: Well, that's because they kind of abandoned the tryptophan thing in season two. Um, Mm. Like having watched this, like kind of like binged it just recently, it was sort of notable to me in season one there was a whole episode where um original cindy and her other roommate max's or max's roommate guess original cindy wasn't her roommate at the time whatever um think that max is a drug addict and they flush down her tryptophan pills and it's it's a big deal and there's another episode where you know she has actually before that that established the need for tryptophan and how she has to kind of get on the black market just because it's hard to find not because it's illegal or anything but you never see her struggle with that at all. Like, you don't see her take pills or have seizures or even think or talk or worry about it at all in season two. So I do like that they brought this back because I was like, oh, yeah, that feels like a forgotten plot point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's central to the plot
0: here in this story. I mean, we're going to learn pretty shortly that Alec is here in Terminal City, largely, wait, not Terminal City. Terminal City's no, he's weird out there. in he's out in Seattle. He's out in Seattle. No, because Terminal City's kind of getting starved out of this tryptophan that they need. I mean, there's there's kind of some other things going on, but that's that's largely part of it is like they don't have access to those black market channels that they need to refresh it. And he's out here trying to like work a deal to get some more.
2: That's the other thing, though, right? I was thinking about is it, like if Max could barely get the tryptophan she needed, how were they getting it at all in the the first place? Because Presumably, at least according to this fanfic, all the X-5s need it. Probably the X-6s and also the X-8s, which I don't know if we X-6s and X-8s are really strongly established in the show. I don't remember, but like that's a significant number of people if you think about it. Definitely more than one.
1: Right. There were there were there was the original versions of the X-5s, which is Max's brothers and sisters. But at the same time, we had two other branches of the X fives. Alec came from one. Ben was in um, Max's, and then that we assume there was a third because when Sam's double showed up, Alec didn't recognize her as his sister. Um, so it, it's it's like a you know weird kind of family thing where they had these three branches of the X fives going at the same time. Then they. They, you know, mixed their cocktails up a little bit differently. And those were the X-6s. And then the X-8s were copies of the X-5s um, that they had fixed everything except the um, tendency to get progeria. Um, And that's why, you know, Max was taken and, and shown one of the X-8s that was a copy of her that was dying of progeria. Oh right,
2: yeah. Well, you would assume that they also wouldn't need tryptophan then, if they kind of like fixed almost everything, sort of thing. But then again, you know, well, that's what Logan says. He says maybe the X Eight. I guess he just doesn't know. Right. But yeah, that's that's a lot of tryptophan they need. So I guess what Alec is out doing is trying to get more for for everyone who needs it
1: in Terminal City. Right, and it makes sense because we do have a, a history of him Alec when he first got out of Manticore. Um, earned his money by black market fighting and selling drugs.
0: Yep. So oh, that totally hangs together then that he would have contacts. He would be the one who would kind of go out and try to deal with that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but first we kind of have our first kind of conflicts is the right word, but like points of drama here. Um, wherein, you know, he's having seizures and he needs to be taken care of. And Logan doesn't have a whole lot of experience with actual like transgenic physiology or like how, how much tryptophan to to give, like, any of these things. And also, um, also Alec is not someone who takes too well to showing, you know, weakness or vulnerability. We've got a lot of this kind of hurt comfort set up here, right? Where this fanfic's pairing up these two characters, and it's like, oh, well, they would never let down their guard under ordinary circumstances, so one of them has to be real beat up in order to, like, allow that connection to take place.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a trope in shipfic, but I am here for it. Every second of <laughs> it. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I thought it was written really well. Um, I, I love because Logan and Alex relationship has always been slightly contentious. Um, when they get along, they get along wonderfully, like when they're playing, you know, playing pool or, or things like that. But when they're mad at each other, they like can't even look each other in the eye. But they still work well together, so.
2: I think it's funny because I see, like, Logan and Alec getting together more than I would see, like, Max and Alec getting together. Because, mm, well, I don't know. Max is just, like, I don't know. She likes, she kind of looks down on Alec in a way. It's like she's protective of him, but she treats him like a little brother. Um, whereas there's that one episode with uh, the transgenic who can make people, like, say what they actually feel and then forget about it and th- in that she's just trying to help she gets Logan and Alec to just admit their mutual like respect for each other and then she gets them to hug and it was like oh you know even though they're kind of a little bit like catty with each other most way through the show that for me was that big turning point where it's like oh they actually do really love and respect each other that makes sense they're just like a little bit you know Logan's a little bit yeah, doesn't trust him in a, a certain way. And they're all just like basically around being with Max. But ultimately, if Max wasn't like in the picture, they'd probably just get along
1: fine. Right.
0: And Bree, is there anything else you wanted to say about kind of the initial stages of like how the writer is writing these two? Or are there any exchanges that um, that pop out in your memory or anything like that?
1: Um... I I do like that they cuss um which is something that like they couldn't get away with on Fox like they would go f- and get cut off um so I do like that they're you know in fanfic and that's something that I've had them do in mind too is when situations get extreme um the human response to that would be profanity absolutely and it is here Um, I like the characterization. I think she did a great job, especially um, with Alec already being out of it. I think she did a great job of establishing his character here. Most of it is through Logan's um, observations of Alec. But she is pretty, or I'm going to assume she, apologize if I'm wrong, Um, what the author- Yeah, what what the what what they are are writing here is very strong characterization for both of them. And very, very accurate.
0: I think I can speak to that too, because I was coming in, like, you know, I, I looked into it on on websites a little bit. I saw pictures of the characters, but I, I was not able to watch any. I've got too many small children and such. Um, but that just means that I can go into this fanfic and say, yeah, she does establish... Uh, sorry, we, yes, we, we don't need to gender the author because we don't know. They do establish the characters really well because I did get a really good feel for these characters just from their interactions with each other here in this, you know, in, in this fanfic. And, I mean, the author manages to get in a few interactions other than just between the two of them too, which is nice. It's not like a bottle episode. It's not just the two of them bouncing off of each other. Um, so, for example, Logan does have a a like video a skype you know call ability with terminal city Mm -hmm. that he's able to use and like it's not completely reliable it's like he doesn't want to overuse it to not draw attention to it but in a situation like this he's going to call and check in with max about the situation and let her know that you know alec is okay and all that kind of thing and so we get a little bit between them too
1: right and um again this is where you know he's he's so awkward talking to max which is. Accurate characterization pre-Freak Nation, but post-Freak Nation, I I don't think he would be that uncomfortable with her. Um, They've acknowledged the fact that they still love each other. um, And even though they can't touch that, you know, I assumed from the end of Freak Nation would be going forward with Max and Logan together.
2: You know, I assume that as well. But the reason that I sort of like forgive this fanfic is I thought about it. And I was like, well, they still have all the same problems they had with the disease. And Max still has all of her emotional issues and Logan as well. Like, so sure, I understand why ending a season, they wanted to have them progress forward in this happy, like positive note. But the practicality of it, it's sort of implied in this fig. I'm not sure if it works 100%, but sort of implied like, well, because especially the weird way in which Logan seems to think Max and Alec are together. Maybe they're mm-hmm. implying that something else happened, you know, after Logan had to leave Terminal City to make, I don't know, to make their relationship sort of fall apart. I mean, I agree, Bria doesn't, like, follow on the heels of the show very well, but you can sort of infer what you need to know, I guess.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, like, it, 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 huh? it is accurate characterization of both Max and Logan. It's just that it's more a, you know, hello, goodbye or forget about yeah. it you know um interaction than it is freak nation
2: for sure yeah and that's part like you know if i had to i guess we're not to criticize me but i'd criticize anything i'd feel like some of this fanfic doesn't really follow logically on the heels of the show but it still works for the characters i think and that's what makes it work so well right Yeah,
0: it's definitely one of those fanfics where the author is trying to set up a non-canon pairing. And rather than wave a wand and, you know, declare that they're together or anything, they're trying to, like, set up the steps necessary to pair off these two characters romantically from their understanding of the characters as individuals. And, uh, I mean, from what you describe of their relationship, I didn't even know that they got along famously sometimes or, like, kind of had that kind of chemistry coming from, um... At times in the TV show itself, but I think the author shows their work pretty well here. Um, and part of that is, of course, Logan being forced in this caregiving role with Alec, and also the vulnerability that Alec is showing rather than kind of the I guess tough guy demeanor that he often puts on, um also does lead Logan to, you know, for what seems to be the first time to be like, "Oh, this guy is pretty cute. Um, and it, it seems like it seems like part of that is like kind of the, the dropping of whatever machismo he had going on there.
1: Uh, yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, you have to remember Jensen Ackles and, you know, see these characters in your head and how phenomenal Jensen Ackles is at going from this, you know, tough guy to take on the entire universe by myself and win kind of persona. And then he blinks and all of a sudden he's a 12 year old boy. It, it, it he's phenomenal at that so that is the way i see alec in my head through this is the super vulnerable really childlike appearance is that a side of
0: him that logan had had much uh, like opportunity to see in the tv show no oh then it hangs together really well
1: right i think the only person who even imagined it was there was max and that was the beresford agenda um, talking about his, his first girlfriend and his first trip down to PsyOps to be rebrainwashed.
2: Yeah, like, um, I had a totally different perspective on this fanfic after watching the show because I looked at these young actors and I went, oh my God, these kids are like 19 or 20. And like, I know the fanfic says it, but like something about seeing the face, he, he and Max both are child soldiers. Like they had to grow up quick. So there's, and they're foils for each other in the show, for sure. Um, So you see them doing all of this, really uh, taking on a lot of responsibility. And also like with Alec, just trying to like manipulate situations to his advantage because he's trying, you know, trained to survive, you know? And that's how Max was at first too. But when you take a step back and think about it, you're like, oh my God, they're so young. And that's what Logan does. He finally like looks at Alec and goes, "Uh, there's this one line where, he looks at a scratch on, on uh, Alex's cheek and he says it looks, make him, makes him look absurdly young like a kid who has fallen off his bicycle. And I just thought that was like, yeah, I can see it, you know, with the way the actor looked at the time, he looked so young and so adorable, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. And Jensen Ackles is beautiful. There is no denying mm-hmm. that at all. He is a oh, beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah.
2: For
0: sure. Let's see, this fanfic's 17,000 words, a little bit more. It's, and most of it is just these two characters bouncing off each other and like their interactions and of course leading up to being able to consummate a sexual romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, But I mean, they address the, the main plot, which is that, well, Alex still needs to get this tryptophan back to Terminal City. And that is something that they address and they come up with a plan b and you know they they check in about it logan uses his like j- journalism underground journalism contacts whatever uh ends up establishing that the tryptophan is somewhere i mean i forget the blow by blow but it's somewhere accessible somewhere where you could probably like go steal it mm-hmm. because it's not actually an illegal substance alec was in trouble because he was busted or sold out by his contact to the cops because they were looking for him but not because they were looking for tryptophan and so, like, that, that's the way that plot thread is going to be, like, handled in this story, is that eventually Alec is going to be able to go and retrieve what he needs and bring it back to Terminal City and, I guess, walk back out of Logan's life in Seattle. Um,
1: right. Yeah. And one of the things that they, they dig into that came from the show um, is the rivalry between the NSA and the military and the Seattle police. Um, and that came from the um, I just forgot his I just forgot his name. The the um, oh, the officer that uh, was in charge that he was in charge of the scene at uh, the siege at Jamponi. I, I forget his name, but he's the one that followed them into Terminal City. And he is the one that basically waved the Seattle police off Terminal City. But then the military laid siege to TC and, and locked it down, too.
0: And I think they noted in the fanfic that, you know, they consider it lucky that it was the Seattle police doing this bust and that they don't share information with these other agencies because out of those options, they're the least dangerous or, you know, uh, least on top of this whole transgenic situation.
1: Um, Absolutely. Because if if Ames White, their main um, antagonist throughout season two, if Ames White had found out that Alec was out in Seattle. And he was vulnerable and he was seizing. Um, he is a he's a transgenic ish himself. Um, he's the product of hundreds of years of selective breeding. So he has almost the same abilities the X-Fives do. So it would have been a completely different situation if Ames had found him. He doesn't feel
2: Pain for some reason. Apparently selective breeding can cause you not to feel pain. Anyway, sorry. This is my
1: nitpick on the show. I'm like, really? Really? And it's all from surviving getting getting bitten by a snake. Mm -hmm. So, yep.
0: Yeah. I I think if you can accept shark DNA, Tori, you can accept that.
1: Oh, that's another
2: thing. Shark (laughs) DNA is a proposition of this fanfic. Though to be fair, the cat, Max, goes into heat. In the show because she has cat DNA so it's totally fine like I accept it and I like it because it explains the fact that she doesn't need to sleep very much in a way because sharks like don't act they only sleep with half their brain at a time so I'm like okay I accept that however apparently it makes her need tryptophan even more than anybody else which actually might also be a good justification just in terms of, you know, the need for tryptophan and everybody being so high, it, like, lowers it if Max is the standard, right? Right. Yeah. If,
0: if she needs it unusually, then it makes it a bit of a less of a desperate situation for them to be dependent on it, right? And, and right. she does say, at, at one point, Logan asks her, so, like, how much tryptophan does Alec need? And she says, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on, like, how, like, their body situation. Like, you're just going to have to. Uh, he, he should be able to let you know or whatever. Though he does say in the fanfic he's never actually experienced these seizures before. Isn't that right? Like, this is the first time he's reached that point?
1: He does, and that's actually something that kind of irked me, because it's not true. He spent an entire weekend in a cabin up in the mountains with Max in season one, and she was seizing the entire time. Um, so he was the one giving her the tryptophan, he was the one pouring her the milk, um, and he was still in his wheelchair at the time. He was taking care of her um, and he, he couldn't walk yet. He was still confined to his wheelchair.
2: Oh, right. With Logan. I, I thought it was like that Alec had not. I think it was Alec saying that yeah. Alec had not had seizures before. I think that's what it was. That was my recollection.
1: Okay. Yeah. We never saw Alec have a seizure. Um, right. And, and like he said, at one point he says, I may have, I don't remember. Um, that's, that's something that we, we know about Alec. We don't know how many times he's been erased and reprogrammed, but we know it's happened at least twice, um, right after Ben died. And then after the Beresford, uh, case, um, they did it again. So he's been, he's been completely erased and rewritten at least twice. So he doesn't remember his childhood. He doesn't remember Thinking of the other members of his his squad as family, it's all still in there, but it's not anything that he can recollect because it's been wiped out of his mind
0: and so to get us from, you know, Alec reappears on Logan's doorstep to uh, Alec and Logan are fucking, there's like a few <laughs> steps that they need to take us through here. And like one of them was kind of that showing of vulnerability, like that you know, kindling of attraction on Logan's end. One of them is the clearing up of that apparent misunderstanding that Alec and Max might have been an item, which you say was not really your understanding of the situation at the end of the show to begin with, but whatever, it gets resolved in that kind of Logan figures it out from um, just seeing Max's and Alex's, how they're talking about each other, and being like, wait, these two are not like a couple. Um, but are there any other kind of major steps here between these two but that kind of lead into the end of the story?
1: Um, there is. They, they do deal with the Asha situation, which I think putting Asha and Sketch together was a, was a good idea. But um, I also think that it's really very possible that the reason Alec didn't go further with Asha is because he was in love with her. And remembering what happened to Rachel Beresford, he did not want to put Asha in danger. So he pulled back.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I don't think Alec was ever in love with Asha. Like, I think he liked her and it could have gone somewhere, but I don't think it ever got to the place. And it's but it is good that, you know, Alec's only, you know, possible living romantic interest is at least they address it. I did honestly think it was sort of weird they put her with sketchy. I was like, I she's so serious and he's so uh, not. Sketchy. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, it could work, who knows? They're side characters. Pair them off, it's fine.
0: <laughs> well, look, my reading of this story, I, I'm not sure I could say Alec is in love with Logan, and more like Alec likes Logan, and like True. there's... There could be a little something there. That's kind of like a similar situation to those words I just heard you describe another relationship with.
1: it, it is. And the the X5s and and the author kind of touches on this a little bit. Um, and it, it's kind of like a a headcanon, I guess you would say. At least for those of us that were still, you know, because like I said, I came into it, you know, 12 years later. Um, but when we would talk about it and and things like that. Um, it was the X-Fives are trained to survive and adapt to any situation. So if, you know, a mark is hitting on Alec, then Alec is trained to proceed with that relationship um, no matter what. They are truly pansexual because the, 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 um, they are genetically engineered humans in the first place. And then like Alec says, I, I don't like guys. I don't like girls. I like people. And it, he is truly pansexual, and that, that is something that comes through very, very clearly, I thought.
2: And that was such a funny line, too, because Logan, um, Logan, who is sort of crushing on Alec at the time, and who also has been demonstrably in the show with women, you know, um, well, mostly Max, but still. I um, guess that's how those shows were. Though I will give Dark Angel props for having original Cindy as a lesbian character at the time yes anyway he's like he's clearly crushing on alec and then he asks alec he, alec comes onto, to him and he's like i thought you were into women and i'm like dude you are also clearly bi pad whatever because you like max and alec <laughs> but i i do really also appreciate i like people like i thought that was a good line
0: yeah yeah well i thought that scene where like Alec is eventually, is basically just propositioning Logan there. He's like, okay, hey, like, I like you now, wanna fuck? And um, Logan's mostly just freaked out. And I feel like he's just saying dumb things because he's just trying to buy his mind time for processing. And I thought that came came across pretty well. Like, that wasn't well, supposed to be an insightful comment. It's like, I thought you liked girls. It's just like what came out of his mouth
2: in that moment.
1: Right. And, and I do like that with something else. <laughs> it is sort of like cute. Yeah, it, it, it is a cute interaction and then right around that same time you know, they, they deal with um, I said they, they, they addressed and um, had Logan address the possibility of Florence Nightingale syndrome and Alec developing feelings for Logan because Logan had literally just saved his life and he didn't want to feel like he was taking advantage of Alec in that situation.
2: Yeah, Logan's like super concerned with taking advantage, and it's fair, too, because Logan's, like, in his 30s, and Alex, like, 20, so that's, I don't know, I didn't want to bring it up too much, because it does make me feel, like, uncomfortable, like, as a person in my 30s, I'm like, eh, nah, 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 but it's a weird situation with these sort of hyper-mature child soldiers, so I'm, like, I don't know, I don't know what to say about it other than, um, there is this hurt comfort thing, and like Alex's age and vulnerability sort of play into that. But I like what I like as a juxtaposition is that Logan, um, apparently has recovered the use of his legs without the high tech gear he was wearing. Um, mm-hmm. it's sort of implied that Joshua's blood was doing that for him. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna assume that happened, but he still has all these problems with his back. So, like, anytime that like Alex seems sort of vulnerable and Logan has to like bend down and help him he sort of like reflects on like how his back hurts or his knees hurt so there's this um it's not I guess 100% like they both have a vulnerability and Logan also has to have an emotional vulnerability with Alec as well which I think is I don't know it's pretty sweet that was a complete tangent I don't even remember what I was trying to say in the first place but anyway
1: The, the, the point about Joshua's blood um, is something that was addressed in Freak Nation um, when Max and Alec had accidentally touched in um, Hello, Goodbye, and he became infected with the virus. First, they tried to get Alec there, but Alec walking out the door got arrested um, for Ben's murders from the year before. Um, and it was they had to sneak Joshua in to give Logan a transfusion. And after getting the transgenic transfusion, then his um, stem cells would regenerate his spinal cord. But it's not a permanent, um, it's not a permanent situation. He knows that because he regained the use of his legs in season one the same way, or the beginning of season two, rather, the same way. Um, And he, in Freak Nation, he does wear the exoskeleton under his his, uh, jeans. And what that does is that gives his legs the strength of a transgenic, which is why he's able to jump from the ground to the top of a car and then jump all the way over to the door of Jampony while, you know, shooting the sniper up above them that's trying to kill them all.
2: So my interpretation of that scene, not to like dive too deep into it, but is to say that like, yeah, before the blood infusion, right his legs the exoskeleton was just helping him walk regularly, but now that he his legs are like functioning properly, it's making him have super legs like um the guy who gave it to him, you know uh, dwight from the office right davis <laughs> that gave him had you know had that ability too, so I guess it's a fair um interpretation to say. Maybe Joshua's blood had a different effect because Joshua's a different transgenic or because it's the second time I don't know it was unclear i think
1: i and, and I, it's a very logical you know conclusion to reach here that um he would have pain um in his back and he would be nervous and worried about the effect of Joshua's blood wearing off and his spinal cord severing mm-hmm. again yeah
0: and let's see Leading into the The end of this fanfic like there is a sex scene and brie you were you were mentioning that kind of uh invocation he doesn't logan doesn't use the term florence Nightingale gale syndrome but he's like look you've been like delirious you know you're clearly down like are you sure like you're in your right mind like is this really what you want and logan gets briefly offended that like uh yeah i know what i'm saying you can just tell me yes or no and i can take it but they do also kind of logan ends up saying like look let's sleep on it and like talk in the morning because like clearly you also desperately need rest just from the physical s- state that you're in and so like there's a lot of a lot of attention paid here to consent i feel like in this fanfic um and kind of just making sure that yes they're both they're both cool with it they're like this is both what they're doing um and it's interesting because it's not I, you know, in in no place is there kind of a suggestion of any kind of longer term commitment that I can remember.
1: No, it it it, it ends like a one night stand.
0: Yeah, just like a a very respectfully well, set up one night
2: or one early morning stand.
1: Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's
2: actually kind of quick, and they even mention really specifically that because they kind of make it clear in the show that Logan and well. Logan and Max, do they ever have sex in the show? Like, actually, like, I don't know. There's something around intercourse here, right? Where Logan doesn't want to have penetrative sex because he never had that with Max. At least in, according to this fanfic. So there's, yeah, other stuff they do, but not that. And and that's interesting. And then Alec leaves. It felt really abrupt. And I was like, wow, I I guess that's okay because... I don't know what else I would expect from this, <laughs> these characters in this setting, but bad. But yeah, like I felt like emotionally unfulfilled, I guess.
1: Um, I am remembering a, a sex scene between Max and Logan before the attack on Manticore. Um, I thought they had
2: had. Yeah, sex, but, yeah. But he
1: was also with her, you know, play again with the characterization. He was very gentle with her. He was very um attentive to her. he the, the if anyone is going to ask for explicit consent repeatedly before he believes it, it is Logan kale. um so that that makes sense here as well. And you bring up the age issue. We're never actually told how old Logan is. I assumed late twenties and and uh, more in my mind, just to kind of um be not so creeped out by the relationship with Max because she was only 18 but then again same time genetically engineered super soldier like you said you know hyper um, mature um, and she's an adult right so uh, l- adults can do whatever they want with other consenting adults and and so in that way and of course um, Michael Weatherly and Jessica Alba were engaged at the time so
2: yeah <laughs> well also odd because their age difference is significant, um, more
1: significant yeah. than the show. But yeah, like you know, whatever, sixteen years or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I take what do you mean, Tori, about like in this scene in this fanfic, uh, feeling it feeling kind of abrupt because you know they do wake up before Alec is going to go off and do his like special ops tryptophene thing, and they do have a sexual encounter, and then they fall asleep. And when Logan wakes up, he's gone and has not left a note. And, but, and then there's a brief epilogue wherein three days later, Logan comes home to find the milk and the tryptophan have been restocked in his house, which are both like what he gave, you know, Alec to help him recover from his seizures.
2: And there's still no note and that's it. And, And then he pours the milk down the sink. I was like, dude, this is a, like really scarce economy you could give that to someone even if you don't want it what's wrong with you anyway (laughs) sorry about (laughs) it but but no it's like it makes sense
0: in the world in the context in no way was alec trying to set up any kind of ongoing relationship he lives in another city full of transgenics and was just here on you know some dangerous mission but as a narrative i'm not necessarily used to seeing that be the resolution like as kind of a, a shipping fanfic um, I was a little bit surprised that, like, the, the author didn't try to force or didn't try to establish some sort of more ongoing connection coming out of all of this work that they did, set getting these two characters together to begin with.
1: Um, I, I I agree with that on a certain level, but at the same time, I think that this resolution, um, such as it is, is very accurate to Alex's character, because if you look at how his almost relationship with Asha ended. Um, you know, she came up to him and was, you know, trying to find a time they could go out to dinner or, you know, go somewhere together. And he was like, stay away from me. You know, if, if you want to live, stay away from me, just go. Um, and so him not doing the walk of shame. I mean, Alec is not someone who is going to do the walk of shame. He walked out of there with his head held high. Um, and I think that's very, very Alec. Oh, Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, Alec was the one who was coming on to Logan the whole time, right? Like, he knew what he wanted, and he was going to get it. And and that was, you know, kind of the nice kind of, you were talking like power dynamics, kind of the balancing element. You know, he made it very clear, too, from Alec's perspective, he made it very clear that he would only do the things he wanted to do, that he did not have the Florence Nightingale syndrome, that... And Logan was extra cautious. So it leaves you not feeling very uncomfortable about their relationship. The, the dynamics feel balanced. Um, what is weird is like, I don't actually mind that Alec took off and that it was sort of a, like abrupt in that way, you know, that they had sex and then it was gone. I feel like it's not a very long fanfic, but I do feel like after all the buildup, all of this back and forth, like Logan trying to help. Um, Alec in and out of the bathtub, you know, kind of lightly, you know, brushing his spine and then Oh, holding his neck and Alec trying to flick his hand off and then Logan, like putting it back, you know, trying to be stubborn. All of that buildup that the sex scene was so tank short. That's what I feel is abrupt, to be completely honest.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I I like Logan's thought process through there. Um, Alec, like I said, we don't know Logan's age. Um, we know that Ben was born in 1999 and every indication is that these, the other um, lines of the X fives were all born right around the same time. And we are in 2021 in this story. So if he was born in 1999, he's 22 still looks 15 because it's Jensen Ackles, but (laughs) he's actually, you know, he's, he's, he's 22. So, Maybe there's a 10-year gap between them, but he's also an incredibly experienced, as far as the um, detached sex goes. I don't think Alec is ever hurting for sex, but he refuses to let himself fall in love with anyone Mm -hmm. because of what happened Mm -hmm. to Rachel.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think just because of what happened to him as a kid, you know, he's... Mm -hmm. Like Max is similar in a way too, you know. She has a really hard time with relationships. So. Right.
0: Yeah, I I didn't want to suggest that that seemed out of character. Just that I was kind of surprised that that that's how you know the, the fan fiction I was reading ended. That that's how that the author went yeah. through with that and like. But no, it, it makes complete sense, especially from Alex's perspective, that that's kind of how he dips out afterwards. Um, and that does bring us to the end of the story. Other than just you know another brief song lyric, which we haven't talked much about because. I didn't it actually didn't impact on me because I don't know those songs, so it's just like two lines of poetry and we continue, in my mind. Um Other than the last lines, Be My Saviour and I'll be your downfall, that's the end of the story. I think we can check in with our final thoughts. Would you both like to share something that you thought could have been done better in this fic, or that you might want to complain about before we end on praise?
1: Um I, I think that my, you know, quibbles with this were all very minor, um, and probably the biggest one is is going to be the one that we've mentioned several times, which is that Logan is somehow still under the impression that Alec and Max are a couple, even though the episode that this takes place after established very clearly that they were not, and Logan was very, very well aware that. You know, uh, Alec is Max's little brother. Yes, he is her second in command, but he is also her little brother. And I think Logan was very, very aware of that.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of similar to my complaint. And I know I mentioned that also already, but there's just some minor like continuity things that feel weird. That's one of them. There's also this point where Logan asks Alex, like, did you know about the virus before, you know, Max got out and everything that, you you know, that all this would happen? We we know that he knew. We knew that Alec knew. That was established in that episode. Like, so for him to kind of question it was like, I don't know. It seemed like a big point to Logan to know. And I'm like, he already knew. So just like little things like that. Um I can't remember. There's a couple other, but it's really nitpicky, honestly, to pick on those things. It's just when the story makes a big deal out of these points and when it's so short, I think it's easy to come back to it. One other, like, super, just, like, super nitpicky thing is they refer to Logan as a playboy a couple times and I don't think this author knows what playboy means because it's like, um, they're like, oh, his playboy playing at journalist lifestyle and then, a, a, like, his wealthy Playboy lifestyle, and I'm like, I think they just think that Playboy means somebody who, like, gallivants and, and does frivolous things. I don't think they understand that it means someone who has a lot of sex, to be completely honest. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like Logan from what I've picked up here. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, I, I sort of realized that the second time they used it, I was like, ah, I, just, I don't think they know what it means. Well, I'm
0: not sure. I, I can quibble about much because it would be kind of unfair to me for me to do so. Like, I'm reading this the wrong way without having seen the show. And so, like, oh, from my reading experience, I could have used a little bit more visual description because, like, I don't have these characters' visuals firmly ensconced in my head. I don't know what this space looks like in the way that probably you're supposed to. But that's because I am just not the audience, and that's my fault coming to this fanfic and bringing that. Not the author's fault. Um. And I I can't think of anything else that I really need to complain about. I I always, as I've said before, I appreciate when kind of a fanfic has... Well, I guess I'm moving into praise. I guess I'm de facto moving into praise. That I appreciate when a fanfic is contained in that, like, it has something that the author is trying to do, and they come in and they do it well, and then they they don't extend it beyond kind of what it needs to be. And this is longer than some fanfics that I've given that praise to. Like I've I've praised like some really short efficient fanfics like that. This is seventeen thousand words. It's not it's not short short, but I did feel like it was pretty like effectively structured and and like well paced for what it was doing.
1: I do agree with that. I thought the the pacing was really really well, um uh or went really really well, um and then you know when we got to the sex scene, I actually appreciated that it was non penetrative, um but. I, I, his thought process in not doing that, you know, um, maybe would have been, you know, more questionable to be sleeping with his girlfriend's brother. But um, I, I, I really like just the visual in my mind of Logan and Alec together. Um, and I think that they the reason they don't get along is because they are so much alike That they can't, it's like looking in a mirror and they can't stand what they see. Um, But if they could get past that, then I think that, you know, a, an, an open relationship between the three of them um, would really, really fit. And I, I think that she wrote up to that point and also in 2006 for having made such a conscious effort to establish consent in 2006, that was almost unheard of. So for them to put that effort into it, I, I thought was very, very well done.
2: Absolutely. I like I've been kind of scrolling through trying to find a great example, but
1: I just I think
2: the relationship is so well built, like characters that you wouldn't necessarily expect to get together from the show. Like they did the work to get them to the place in a short period of time like not just in a short period of words but they were only together for a couple of days like they were only in the same place for a couple of days maybe even only 24 hours and they they the author made it work i also just think the writing is incredible so i was kind of scrolling through thinking of something to read but like every description of the emotions and the physical situations i i have no i know it all flows so smoothly and there are some standout points um too. i did like this part like when alec is in the bath um it was weird that he could this is logan's reflection that he could sit in this bath naked and totally unself conscious, but be embarrassed and wrong-footed by the turn the conversation had taken like he was comfortable in his own skin but not comfortable in his own head mm. just like little kind of insights like that and they, they're all there i felt like it was just strong in that sense.
1: I I do agree with that. I think that the author's command of the English language is uh, pretty remarkable and they do a fantastic job very succinctly. And I know that it's it's not set well for someone who doesn't know the interior of Joshua's house as well as we do, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know what that basement looks like, you know, where the window is and the piano and having to get up the stairs. But at the same time, the author not having to establish that setting, I think, is one of the reasons that they are so able to concentrate on the emotion, which that is definitely Mm -hmm. the point of the story. It's not describing the couch in the bedroom and the bathroom. It's about Alec and Logan and their relationship with each other.
2: That's a really great point. And like, it didn't even occur to me when I first read this story to think much about the setting. Which is funny because normally that's all I think about. And like the first time I read this, I hadn't seen the show at all. Second time I read it, I had. I didn't think about it because I was so just invested in those characters' heads. So it's a good point.
0: Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, they, they shouldn't have to. I was reaching for somebody to complain about. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I mean, it, and, and it's, a, it's a valid complaint um, because I make music videos. That's one of the things I do. And um, my beta for years and years, uh, her name was Miss 3M. Um, she used to tell me, you know, you're telling a story and you're telling it wonderfully, but you're telling it only for people who watch the show. You're not establishing any kind of setting whatsoever here. And you want people who don't watch the show to watch your videos. So she kind of hammered it into me that you have to at least acknowledge the setting, which I do think that the, this author did do, um, because they, they did mention like the, the stairs in relation to the bathroom, the bathroom yeah, no, in relation some it, to the bedroom. For sure so yeah
2: yeah they just spent way more time on the feelings but i think that's what we liked about it so. stupid feelings
1: <laughs> yes give me characters that move the plot not plot that moves the <laughs> characters and that is definitely what this is it's this is a character-driven story and i love those
0: all right well thanks so much for coming on talking through this story and sharing your thoughts everybody it turns out We just realized this is going to be our February 14th episode, I think. It's literally coming out on Valentine's Day.
1: Very appropriate. shipfic on Valentine's Day. Yeah, so
0: hopefully anybody who's having a one-night stand on Valentine's Day will have it be as, like, respectful and communicative as this.
1: With someone
2: equally attractive as these professional actors,
1: right? Oh, God, they could only wish.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you'd have a hard time finding someone as attractive as Jensen Ackles, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to say it, but... He's like, yeah. like, I don't normally say that.
0: That's our Valentine's Day wish for all our listeners.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He's got that single man tear going on. You know, he did it with Alec. He did it with Ben. He did it with Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who can cry one perfect crystal tear. Um, I'm, I'm going to fall in love with the second I see it and do it anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I write hurt comfort. That's what I do. Um, and the, the story that I wrote was, um, about Alec or or about Alec being in trouble and, and Logan and Max saving him. Um, and it was getting into the vulnerability and things like that. So.
0: Well, Brianna, speaking of what you do, uh, before we sign off, can you tell us where to find your internet things online?
1: I am Brianna 25. I am on a podcast called Cobra Kai Companion with the host Peter Vonisak, um, on Twitter. That is Cobra Kai pod um then i myself am brianna 25 on twitter tumblr instagram youtube archive of our own fanfiction.net live journal uh with, and my email is brianna 25 at gmail.com i am so predictable
0: <laughs> covering all your bases there for sure yes and this has been our episode on all the king's horses and all the king's men by elise which again came out around 2007 and we're going to provide a link to the original Live Journal posting of it um, in the show notes, as well as a link to the Podfic version, because somebody uh, recorded a Podfic of it. Uh, clearly, we're not the only ones who liked it on the internet. The intro song to the podcast is the weekly fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from that same album. Unlike the songs in this fanfic, they have no lyrics. Uh, you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Davis, who continues to truck along with new equipment that we still can't use properly because we're still recording remotely and not showing up in the same room together. But maybe someday, maybe, maybe someday soonish, we can hope.
1: If the world ever gets done destroying itself, yes, that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> Knock Well,
2: you wood. know what they say,
0: the world never stops destroying itself. But
1: we'll <laughs> see. This is true.
0: You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can find us on Twitter at Retrofanfic, Facebook at Retrofanfic, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com, or you could of course put uh, reviews or comments on the podcast service that you're probably using to listen to us. I'm Amato. I'm
1: Tori. I am Brianna.
0: We're just three Earth lifeforms trying to be nice to each other until next time take care
1: that was awesome
0: I didn't have a good dark angel right. joke
2: that
1: time either well um we made it past October 9th of uh, 2019 no, it 20, is. no 2011, 2011. yeah it because